0: Welcome to Predwings Podcast, where Smashville and Hockey Town collide. And now your hosts, Brent, Ron White, and D-Law, Dan Lawless.
1: Welcome everybody to the Predwings Podcast. As we uh, had mentioned, I am Ranton, Ron White.
0: And I'm d my
1: co-host is, there he is, D-Law, Dopey Dan Lawless. Like we call them out here in the uh, good old East Coast, so I'm talking about.
0: I never heard but, of that. Um...
1: <laughs> All right, Dopey. Well, why don't you kick us off here with uh, tell our listeners a little bit about why we became the Pred Wings.
0: Okay, so as uh, the Pred wings uh, this the Nashville Predators and the Detroit Red Wings. Just briefly, it became uh, the Michiganders and the Detroit area went, uh, had relocated to Nashville with the auto industry and as the Predators got the team, they, they lan- launched onto the Predators but they were still diehard Detroit Wings fans. So, as at the time, Detroit and Nashville were in the same division, so they played each other like eight times, uh, six times. And every time the Predator or the, the Red Wings came into town, these Michiganders that were Detroit uh, fans, or still are, would, would come in and wear their Detroit jerseys. So, half the stadium, half the arena would be red, and then the, halfway, the, the other half would be Red Wings so the locals um nicknamed them the predwings because they they follow the predators except for when the wings came to town so briefly that's basically what that's all about
1: yeah and what i like to say is that it's the uh you know they're they're the uh little brothers if you will to the detroit red wings yeah kind of kind of a neat neat way that the two teams uh together and you know the reason why that's significant is because myself i'm a diehard detroit red wings fan i uh, grew up loving detroit family from michigan actually i am from new york but family from michigan and kind of had no choice but to grow up a detroit red wings fan um and dan on the other hand is a he'll chase the bandwagon anywhere it goes but i'll <laughs> let him tell his side of the story well
0: and there's also a lot of um, synergy between the two uh, teams, as far as there's a lot of uh, players that played on both teams. Uh, a lot of more fan favorites like David Legwin and Jordan Tutu, although they didn't really have great seasons with Detroit. And and then um, it just I like Tutu. There's just a lot of uh, yeah, the Tutu whistles. So. Uh, yeah, there's just seem like there's a lot of connection between the two teams. Yeah,
1: yeah, absolutely, and and having a little bit of the Western Conference rivalry for for a while there, you know, that made things quite uh, quite interesting, and um, yeah. So anyway. Okay, so, so yeah, what we do is go ahead, go ahead. You, you
0: so as this, this is a pilot episode, just wanna uh, let. The viewer, the the listeners know uh, as far as a regular show at the segments uh, on a on a regular basis. We're gonna obviously have an introduction, and then we'll go into the Wings and the Predators uh, game recaps the news, and maybe some major news in the NHL if there is any. And then um, after the Wings and Predators news and recaps. We'll go into some uh, prospect news uh, as far as the uh, Wings and Preds are concerned, and then some uh, NHL news that's not the breaking news. And then we'll uh, finish with the uh, next game previews for, the, for both the Detroit Red Wings and the Predators, and then we'll wrap it up. So that's just a brief uh, synopsis of the, uh, of the show. And uh, so we'll start with the, uh, the Red Wings' uh, last uh, couple game uh, recaps.
1: Yeah, it's been a busy few days for the Red Wings. Uh, you know, starting off uh, the, on the 12th here, we just had the Flyers. Uh, that was a great 4-2 to win uh, right Right here in uh, – well, I shouldn't say right here, but right there in Hockeytown. Town. Uh, you know, first goal for came right across, uh, didn't really get a whole lot of it, but he didn't have to, Uh, getting right into the dirty zones like he loves to do, and, you know, just, he's been a presence all year long, so, you know, it was great to get that that quick goal, starting right off the bat to, you know, generate a little bit of energy for the team there. Um, I I have to say, overall, I, I think Thomas Grice rebounded very well in this game. He came back after not playing very many games uh, leading up to the All Star break. You know he, he dealt with COVID and some injury issues, but I think he's rebounded very well. I mean he had um, 34 saves in this game, 34 saves in the game, uh, but they weren't just all the the, the gimme, you know, sh- you know puck shot right at the chest type saves, but they were actually pretty. Challenging saves. He had to move and show his, his lateral movement a little bit. Um, you know, also in the games, Zadina gets gets his um, you know first goal in quite a few games. I wouldn't really call it a streak. I just think that's his second goal in four games, and um, you know he's been very streaky this year. But he's also on the first line, playing with first line caliber players, so it's it's still he's a very interesting case to me i mean i'll dive into him a little bit later in the segment but um zadina he's another player to kind of keep an eye on i think there's a lot of things going on with him uh cider gets another big goal in this game you know that's great for his confidence very young player i think he's pretty tremendous when it comes to you know his movement and you know just how he sees the ice he's able to you know, move the puck. He takes shots. He's not afraid to get up in the offensive zone. You know, the kid's a stud. I think he's going to be great for a long time. You know, he played a great game, great coverage all game. Um, you know, a couple of mishaps, but nothing to write home about. So something else I you know I, I want to point out is Giovanni Smith. Um, you know, he was getting into the the tough stuff. I, I wouldn't really call it. I I like him, but. He just seems like a bigger, stronger Brad Marchand, almost. And it, and it pains me to say that for several reasons, because, A, I can't stand Brad Marchand in any way, shape, or form, but he, he just goes after players after the whistle, um, tries to get some agitators to step up and maybe accept the challenge, and I, I get where he's coming from, and I enjoy the energy i'd like to see him you know put up a few more goals but it is nice to see him out there mixing it up i want to see him as a guy that goes out there and really pay back players who take liberties and it's almost bringing back that 80s style of hockey and i know um the nhl is still trying to keep away from that but i really think that you know if, if we could do that he would be our guy to do that
0: but he, i think and he had to play with his brother
1: yeah, it's the first time in over I forget how many decades that they've uh, they haven't had a, a brother tandem on the team, let alone they they I believe they're the first line mates ever, and they're the third or fourth tandem of brothers to play in the, or siblings to play on the team. So yeah, it's kind of cool, but unfortunately they waived Giovanni Smith's brother Jamel today. So Jamel is. No longer a Detroit Red Wing. Um, Then you just had Rasmussen. You know, he netted an empty netter, which is nice. So that's that's great. You know, that game put them seven points behind Boston for the wild card. But don't get excited, Red Wings fans, because they're not going to make the playoffs. They're not going to make the playoffs. Let me say it one more time. The Red Wings are not going to make the playoffs. I know everybody's hoping they're going to sneak into a wild card slot Boston's going to pick it up here at the end. You know, they're, they're right there for a wild card spot themselves. They're not going to let that slip away. Um, the Red Wings are too young. We're, we're in a growth mode. Just be happy with what you have right now. The Red Wings are not going to the playoffs. So moving on, you know, the Red Wings go out to Minnesota and play the wild. You know, this starts a, a two-game road trip. Um, and that one didn't come out as well as the flyers game. So they, they took a hard loss there, seven to four. Um, you know, you can't really blame the goaltending. It was just a lot of, you know, crazy shots. Um, you know, they had Zadina up on the top line again and, you know, seeing this, it almost makes me wonder is Zadina up there playing on the top line to try to see if he's top line caliber or see up playing on the top line to put up a few points to look good for trade bait and i think it might be the latter of the two. A lot of people say keep him. I say dump him. He's had plenty of time to prove himself. He's going to he's the type of guy who can only put up points with guys that, that are good that surround him and he's going to go off. He'll be a journeyman in the NHL kind of like a he reminds me of like a Gus Nyquist. Except I like Gus a little bit better. He put up better numbers. Um but uh you know Larkin scored the first goal here for Detroit. Detroit took a 2-0 lead. They blew it, and that's it. They blew the lead. It was an embarrassing loss. Larkin called the team out. Um, But a play that that really excites me as a Red Wings fan is how Mo Sider has played. I know we just talked about him, about the Philadelphia game. We're going to be talking about him all season long. Tonight, Aaron, in the game against the Wild, um, that night he had a nice steal just over the blue line, and he was able to spring Larkin for a goal. So, you know, he's shifty with his hands. He's got great vision, great legwork, and, uh, you know, it was just great. One thing I have to ask Minnesota, your goal song chant is ridiculous. It is the worst thing I've ever heard in my life. It's annoying. I can't believe the fans can listen to that after every goal, let alone seven times in one game. I would probably gouge my eyeballs out. It is just horrific. It's the Hay song, like the Buffalo Bills here in Rochester, New York. Maybe that's why I dislike it a little bit, because I hate the Buffalo Bills. Is Um, it as bad
0: as the Predators?
1: No. No, the Predators, they just steal college chance. But we'll get into that another episode or something. But no, the the Wild, you took the Buffalo Bills song. As much as I hate that song, that is a Buffalo Bills song, not a Minnesota Wild. So, that's a fail. Anyway, and... Everybody in sports knows that that's a Buffalo Bills song.
0: So anyway, I don't know if I've heard that. Hey, Bills hey, make me wanna shout. No, that's not. It's the
1: same song. Oh. yeah, it's the same exact song. Except they don't say they, they don't say the Bills. But anyway, moving on. Uh, this this game was uh, you know it was a tough loss. Detroit gave up five straight. It was just, it was not a good outing by Detroit. They just kind of went flat starting in the second. Um, the, you know, the, the, the Wild were three for four on their power play. That can't happen if you want to win games. That can't happen if you're going to extend into the playoffs. That just can't happen. One thing that I found interesting was Blasio was also switching up lines pretty consistently. So He, he was putting Dina up, he had Raymond on the third line at one point like everything was just jumbled as jumbled to be not quite sure what the process was with that but my guess was trying to just see who can make things happen when they're not surrounded by all stars because those are the guys that you're going to see you know form the second and third lines who can produce no matter who their, their line mates are so that's why like a guy like Zadina it's really important for him to be putting a point every single game because now he has no excuse because the guys that play next to Larkin and Raymond, you know, they're scoring goals. Bertuzzi was scoring goals. Robbie Fabry was scoring goals. Maybe not a lot of goals, but they're putting points up, getting assists. Uh, you're not seeing that out of the D-net. So, you know, I think he's getting a lot of bad breaks, but I just don't think that he's uh, he's there. But Mo Sider comes out of this game. He had two points. Raymond had another goal. You know, our, the rookies on the team are, are flourishing. I'm excited. We should all be excited. The Red Wings fans should be you know, extremely enthusiastic that we've got some great youth on this team. Um, you know, that's, that's, that's how you build the team. That's how you get into the playoffs. Add a couple more guys like that, which we have already got in our system. So be patient, Red Wings fans. The last game that I get to recap here is on 4-17 against the New York Rangers. What a win that was. That had me actually standing. I was standing at the TV, and I haven't done that in years. And it wasn't even a playoff game or a Stanley Cup game. But I just was on the edge of my seat um, going into a shootout like that. To be and honest, anyway,
0: that's oh, that, go ahead. That, that was actually a shocker. I'm, I'm actually surprised that they beat the Rangers because the Rangers have been playing really well lately.
1: Yeah, I agree. And they're they're I agree. In
0: third in their division.
1: But, you know, I want to point out a stat. And I didn't know this, and, and it was pretty interesting, but... Tommy Grice, he's 3-0 and going into this game at Madison Square Garden. So all three of his uh, um, games as a Red Wings going into MSG has, um, you know, been a victory. So maybe that's why they, they gave him the nod here. Can we make it number four? So we start off Troy Stetcher two, two minutes and I think 15 seconds into the first period. You know, that's a nice goal from the point, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, Troy Stetcher, he's, uh, he's a guy that's just coming back from an injury. He's trying to bounce back and really prove that he belongs here on the Red Wings lineup, you know, playing a position that they're kind of thin at. So, you know, it's nice to see him put up a point, get a nice goal, and, you know, congrats to uh, Troy, Stru- Troy Stetcher. One thing that I'm, I'm seeing, and this is an unfortunate consistent, um, you know, I, I didn't bring it up in the last two games, but that's because I noticed this problem. That I see with the Red Wings is they they turn the puck over at at the blue line consistently, and it leads to odd man rushes. And, and against the Rangers, I want to say this happened four or five times. And luckily, out of those four or five times, Tommy Grice came up, um, bailed them out. So that was that was huge. He played phenomenal in this game. That was a steal. He Tommy Grice stole this game for the Red Wings. Um, but I will say this, there was one point in the game. Now I'm not a homer when it comes to the Red Wings and I got to call out this hit on Giovanni Smith. It looked like it was a little from the backside, wasn't directly square in the numbers. He did hit him, you know, over on the, the left side, but he threw a, uh, you know, he threw a questionable hit and you know, they, they took exception to it, you know, a little skirmish broke out, and, um, you know, it was just, I I thought it was something Smith probably could have done, I I think he could have avoided it, so while I like that he's being a pest out there, you know, I also don't like that he does that. Now, here's what kind of upsets me as no, I shouldn't say it upsets me, but I can see where there would be some upset Rangers fans. So on this play, it was Dryden Hunt comes into to, um, you know, he comes in to uh, bail out his, his teammate there. So the little skirmish breaks out. I wouldn't really call it a fight. There might have been a couple of punches thrown. Both guys go to the box. Well, they deem that Giovanni's hit was, legal and they gave an instigator unsportsmanlike two minutes to drain hunt so they had a five and a two the two was served by um the bread man and giovanni smith just served his five minute fighting so detroit actually had a power play out of all that i call it questionable i didn't like the call i disagree with the call so, Rangers fans, you know I'm not a homer. But overall, I think, you know, Detroit played very well. You know, they had, um, you know, the, the penalty kill is still an issue, though. That's that's something I got to talk about because the Bet, uh, Zibanejad, you know, he scored a nice power play goal, came right across the net. Grice had no shot at it. Not a shot. Um, you know, and then as Detroit comes down the ice, Shesterkin comes out and has a huge save against Larkin with like 30 seconds left in the game. And even Larkin was, was he skated over and said something to Shesterkin and I can only imagine it was probably something about being robbed blind because it was just an incredible, incredible save. Um, I think Shesterkin's a great goaltender and, you know, I ended up going into a shootout. So while we're talking about goaltending, both goalies stood on their head in this in this shootout. It went uh, six rounds, and it was like neither goalie wanted to get you know they neither one of them wanted to back down. But um, you know, luckily, you know, luckily Detroit pulls off the goal um, there at the end, and uh, they come out of there with a W. So that was a huge two points. Another great point I want to talk about: Mo gets an assist on uh one of the Larkin goals but he threw his body around he saw Kreider coming in Kreider was coming to make a hit on on Moe as he was going to get the puck out of the zone Mo anticipated it and flattened him flattened him it was a yard sale it was, it was great so we got ourselves a, t- a nice tough D-man there so yeah those are the last three games we had let's uh let's dive in and talk about the Predators. I'm, I'm inter- interested to hear your take on this.
0: Oh, wow. Well, it, it hasn't gone too well the last few games. Uh, starting with Winnipeg, that was an ugly loss. They got out to a quick start, which they have they've had those quick starts lately. Um, and then uh, they took a penalty. I believe it was Borowichie. Porterwitzky, and I think that changed the momentum because after that, the, they just looked like they were lost. Um, now I want
1: to just ask you know do you, do you feel that that's the case after they take a penalty like that? One of those penalties where you're playing you're playing a great game. It's a it's a well fought game. It's a battle on the ice, and then you take a a bad penalty. And I know you and I have talked about this a few times, and you've said this a few times, that, you know, the penalties are really hurting the Predators. Do you feel that that, you know, played a part in setting the tone early in that game against Winnipeg?
0: Well, they they scored a goal, uh, let's see if it was right after, though the power play goal was the second, but they scored, the, the Jets scored, uh Late in the first, or actually just after the prejudice. Preds Pres went up two to nothing. Um, but it just—I don't know. It just seemed like from that point, mo- that moment when he, when, uh, when he took the penalty, that it just that seemed like Winnipeg maybe get got the jump. I don't. Um, mm-hmm. I I don't remember if they scored on that first power play or not they finished three for the jets finished three for eight of the power play so uh, still i I was a uh five to five to two but i one of them was an empty netter i think and so a three three of the four goals were power play goals even though they had eight power plays uh you can't give up three power play goals uh in a game. I, I just think the the uh discipline is got to get under control. I was just going to say I, that.
1: I was just going to say like, that.
0: I don't know if it's coaching or what. Um there there was definitely some goaltending issues in this game.
1: Uh but everyone it, you know everyone has a bad day even you though
0: and also, oh, uh, shots. Uh, their the Predators continue to get outshot. 43-36. Uh, to 36, They did manage to get some shots in this game, so it didn't look like it was too much. Um, but they just didn't seem like, especially going to the third period, um, when the Blake Wheeler scored.
1: That sounds like a defense problem to me. play
0: goal. And then they got the. Uh, well, actually, that was that was the major power play in, in the third period. Um,
1: so they allowed forty three shots.
0: Yeah, the defense had just the defense was just terrible in that game. They weren't. Sounds
1: like they're. Yeah, it sounds like might have a defensive issue. What happened? They they just played uh, another game as well, right?
0: The, um, so after that uh, after that game they lost they played the Capitals uh, they lost that game 4 to 1 and once again the Capitals had 34 shots so they're getting a little bit better and the Preds only got 28 but they're uh, the Preds ended up with eight, par- 8 penalty minutes in that game so they, their discipline got a little better and the Cats were only one for four. But the Preds power play on their hand. They only had two opportunities, but they didn't score any power play goals. Now, yes, the Capitals are a top team as they're leading uh, the wild card. Um, and they're only uh, five points behind Carolina for the, for the division. Or actually, yeah, they're in the metro. Um, so <sighs> that's that's another it's uh, another game that they they probably would like to get back, which they can't. And then the latest game they just lost uh, to Carolina five to three. Uh, they're bringing they're getting the shots down more. That was it was pretty close. It was 31 of thirty one to thirty. Uh, they did have to come back. That's a good game. Before uh, the camp, the Carolina scored an empty net goal, and the Preds had ten penalty minutes in that one. So they I suppose it's not a, a lot, but they they need to they need to get their discipline under check. I got ten, you shouldn't be able to have ten penalty minutes, and they weren't fighting majors either. Uh, Carol, uh, the Preds were zero for three in the power play in this game. And Carolina was two for four, so 50% uh, on any any night is just outstanding. It's a good night. Um, but before we wrap up, as we wrap up the, these uh, recaps, going back to the Winnipeg, uh, the third period, I think it was Borowiczki, he got an instigator penalty, um, and that's... I feel uh, like I he, see
1: that he, a lot with the he Nashville. He also
0: got a major penalty, uh, and that's and that's when Winnipeg scored two goals on that major power play. Um, if I remember, it was a question mark, which I actually thought he might get suspended a game or two, but luckily he, he didn't even get a hearing, so... It, it must not have been deemed that uh severe by the league to not even consider it even though he got a, uh, made a match penalty cuz he, he uh he got a uh, game misconduct as well but that leads to a hot topic issue as far as the instigator rule i don't i don't think i don't agree with the instigator rule um,
1: See, I, th- if, I think it, you can be if, a bit of a homer on some things, though.
0: If it's, I mean, he
1: because if it's blatant, but then this, yeah, because because like I I, uh, I don't know who the announcer if it's was.
0: Blatant, yes, but this one I don't really think it was really that blatant, that blatant. Um, See, but I,
1: Ken Daniels just said this the other day. You can't even make. A legal check, a good legal check, like a Cronwall, without facing some type of retaliation. And, you know, it's true, and that's that's what happens. Because, like, I'm sure the Predators, when he, he took that instigating penalty, was in retaliation to a hit or, you know, a high stick that was uncalled or, or something, you know, malicious that was done. And it wasn't just to go attack somebody, but it was it was a retaliatory offense. Now, you know, like if uh, let's say, uh, you know, Ekholm makes a, a huge hit at the blue line, and completely legal, and somebody jumps in to try to fight him, and he doesn't want to fight, and you know he's he's forced to. Wouldn't you, wouldn't you see that that two minutes would be well deserved? Because it was a legal hit to begin with.
0: Uh,
1: you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Not every big hit is illegal.
0: Uh, there was actually a video review on that penalty. It was an, uh, it was Bur- Mark whiskey Burrow- 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 <Szor-Wishke>. I can never say his name. It was an elbowing against Evgeny Smetskov, and <sighs> that was a five-minute major and a game misconduct. Oh wait, that was that. That was not the
1: incident. Well, just I mean, stick to the the topic alone. Like even like with my scenario, in that type of a scenario. <laughs> would you see that an instigator would would be fit and i I have to say yes i do you know i grew up watching people get crown walled he shouldn't have to fight somebody every time he hits somebody who has their head down coming across the ice just my take that's my take on it i almost am okay with taking a penalty on it as long as you're sticking up for your teammates and showing that you're fighting for them and they're fighting for you then then yeah I'm okay with that. So I have a question. There's some talk about the Vegas Golden Knights trying to coerce Marc-Andre Fleury to come back. What's your take on this?
0: I saw something about that, but apparently he doesn't want to go. Actually, I thought it was... um... I actually thought it was that I heard that, he, that the Penguins wanted him. They did. Um,
1: they did. And I just read that the Vegas Golden Knights want him back and that they're trying everything they can to get him.
0: Okay, so, okay, well, so it was the Penguins. It wasn't the Vegas that I heard. Um, oh, okay. But I don't.
1: It's been both. It was both teams. I've read stories about no, both. Is... Vegas makes sense to me.
0: Why why would Chicago want to get rid of him? Is it because he's injured?
1: Well, Chicago, no. Chicago would make out on that deal. It's one of those, how bad do you want him? And you've got...
0: Yeah, but they need a goaltender. And they got one in flurry. I don't think Chicago should move him unless they're looking... Is his salary uh, a lot? I don't know what the cap is on his salary, but... Now,
1: let me ask you, why Why would you keep him in Chicago? I want, to, I want to hear Cup. your...
0: He's a Stanley Cup winner. He's a okay. veteran. Do you know where Chicago he's still, stands right he's now? He's still got a few good years left, and Chicago needs goaltending, and that's proven. I mean, yeah, they're an eighth. Chicago
1: needs young and up-and-coming goaltending. Yes, get Great goaltender, don't get me wrong. But they are eighth in the wild card race. Eight. They're third from the bottom. So if I'm Chicago, I'm selling him back to Vegas, who is fighting for a Stanley Cup championship now, and they need goaltending. That's who I'm going with. I'm trading him back to Vegas for pretty much whatever I ask for. Yeah, that but gives the, Chicago the ability to draft and get younger. Chicago and get better. doesn't
0: really have any decent guys, uh, and just, they, they got Colin Delia and, and Rockford, which he's pretty decent, but he's not ready for the NHL yet.
1: Maybe not this year.
0: So I don't. With goaltending, you need a goaltender because it takes it takes years for uh, for a goaltender to get. Uh, it costs to the develop NHL to yeah, it to does develop a lot longer than a regular player because of the mental aspect of the position um, I'm i I'm trading them still I'm I, trading them why so can have a chance to you know Stanley cop? No, so that I, I think Chicago. I, I don't think that, I think you're if you trade Flurry, I think it'll hurt your team.
1: Of course it is, but Chicago's already hurting
0: because Flurry's not going to make the difference. What are you going to get unless you get a really good? Uh, I, I uh, guarantee
1: they could get a first round pick out of Vegas. Vegas is right now they're round. they're second. They're second.
0: A first round pick isn't going to give you a goal, give, get you a goaltender
1: why well a why not if you needed it and there's somebody that's worth it at that draft at that pick because that's not going to be their first pick if they get a pick from vegas and vegas wins the stanley cup then they're not gonna
0: uh, well i i I guess i'll have uh, a first round because obviously it would be a first round um obviously it won't be a first pick and it'll be it'll it would be a first round pick but it would more likely be towards the bottom and there's not going to be any goaltenders any decent goaltenders going in, in late in the first round and you need goaltending now not in five years and and they've already got a couple of prospects uh that are would be a lot more ready to come up than somebody they draft this coming off season.
1: Yeah, I don't know. I'm 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 still a seller. Uh, I'm i uh, I'm still uh, well I'm
0: still selling. Uh, selling I mean look at Detroit. Players, yes
1: Yes, uh, I'm the red not not flurry Um. well well, right but I'm the Red Wings fan here and look at Detroit I've been watching this rebuild now for a couple years under Stevie Iserman we're not keeping we're not keeping dead weight so you saw the Abdelcators the Jonathan Ericksons, the Darren Helms you know the guys like that who have done their time in Detroit they're much more suited somewhere else those are the guys Detroit's getting away from. They've been rebuilding through acquiring young guys like Pui Suter, got him from Chicago. Chicago didn't see him as much. You know, we got a young guy that came out and he's, he's doing a very decent job for Detroit. But they've got, you know, several people in Europe playing hockey. They've got several young kids in the AHL right now. That's where Detroit is making their run is through the draft, because we could go out and land a Connor McDavid right now. Connor McDavid coming to to Detroit tomorrow would not win Detroit a Stanley Cup. They're just not ready. So you have to build through the draft, so you can put together all these older, you know, pieces like a Mark Andre Fleury. But in the long run, where is he going to be? And Six years, when you're really making your run, because those young kids will be developed in, you know, five six years. And we had talked about goaltenders. You know, they're they're the five or six years. So, in five or six years, Mark Andre Fleury's not even going to be playing hockey, most likely. And that
0: that's another thing. Being um, a person
1: No, I mean, kind of to your point, goaltenders do take longer to develop. Like right now, um, Alex Nadalkovich is considered a rookie because he only played a handful of games last season. But he's he's 25 years old. I mean, I'm not saying he's old, but he's he's on the, the later ages of a rookie. So you have look at guys like Lucas Raymond, who's 19 years old, Moritz Sider, who's 20 years old. You know, you've got these young kids playing out there. and and excelling at this level. And Alex Nadelkovic is just finding his groove now at 25 years old. So, yeah, it does take time to develop, and that's a lot of what you have to consider when you're putting together a team the way that, like, Steve Eiserman is, where, you know, you're looking at, you know, we've got goalies in in the system right now who will – obviously come up and replace Grice. But you just, you have to build. If you want to make a run, then you build young and and let the team grow together.
0: And and building on your point about the goaltenders, uh, if you look at a lot of these top goaltenders, the elite goaltenders uh, playing right now, they are in their.
1: mm-hmm he's in his prime does he even have a prime? it
0: might be, it might even be, it might be it might be kind of laugh, but I
1: don't even think he's in his prime no, who knows maybe he doesn't have, a, maybe he doesn't even have a ceiling
0: be healing somewhere. For him. <laughs> on his way but down. Again, this is an HL 22 when I scaled 217 points in my rookie year.
1: Yeah. There uh, you go. So <laughs> uh. no way D Law. Hey I got another topic. So what are you, what are your feelings on Marty Saint Louis becoming the head coach of the Montreal Canadiens?
0: Finished up his crew in Montreal, so I think that's probably a good fit I and mean, it But he
1: has needs. no he, he has no coaching experience. None. Zero. Zilch.
0: You gotta start somewhere and he's Yeah, finished.
1: usually that somewhere is in he's the also, AHL or the E C H L.
0: He's also a fan favorite. He's
1: Well, let me ask you this. He let also, me ask you.
0: He also speaks French, which I think is probably a requirement to be a coach
1: in Montreal. So let me, let me ask you this. Bob Probert was a fan favorite. Would you want him to be a bench boss?
0: Hey, it might, might
1: <laughs> <know>. think <anything>. No, <laughs> that's true, but, I mean, you think about this guy that just wants to beat the brains out of people and, you know, broke his hand and... Hitting more things and driving cars through buildings, like the guy's freaking nuts. Well, I just—that's usually. I mean,
0: Patrick Roy d- was coached, and he's a was, candidate. Well, was was
1: very short period of time.
0: But he was somewhat successful. It, it was Colorado,
1: and then, he was so um, he was so successful. He got himself right out of the NHL.
0: If Lindy Ruff can coach three different teams, and uh, why not Saint Louis?
1: <laughs> no, I I get it, I get it, but it's just, you know, it's a, I'm I'm in his, I am totally backing him. I hope he goes in and does a fantastic job, and you know I know, I know he will. I mean, the guy was a winner.
0: I you know I actually think uh, it's internal Montreal's issue. Players, um, they yeah they have injuries, but if you look at the history of the Canadians, how many their t- captains have been
1: traded? Sure. Yeah, but you also got to think like Montreal's in one of those positions where they're they're growing. They're after I mean they went to the Stanley Cup. They went from first to worst, and that doesn't happen very often. Wow. So they went f- first to worst. And something has not changed. They're in a rebuild right now. They just proved to everybody. They just told the world that they're in a rebuild.
0: If you're talking about last season, that's kind of that should have an asterisk. It's an asterisk, on it because yeah. They it was the Eastern Conference, so they didn't have to really play any Western Conference teams. Plus, don't forget the Canadian teams were in their band bubble. They only yep. played against Canadian teams. So, Montreal never played anybody else So the playoffs. So, yep. I guess they're just like, I don't remember where they finished in their division, but I guess they can beat um, where, where they were. They were more of the bottom. They just made the play. They just barely made the playoffs, so I believe. Because Toronto, yep. I know Toronto was the number one seed and they, they beat them um, seven games. But in any case, um, they... They just can beat the, their own Canadian uh, oh, teams. Yep. So, I mean, I think we're seeing the, uh, the real Canadians because before last year, they weren't that good either.
1: Nope. Yeah, this, I think, was a long time coming to your point. I, I think that they had a, that miracle run there in the playoffs, playing only a handful of teams. You know, and that's, that's to a benefit because you know you get more time to study them you get more time to see how they operate you know and in the u.s you know again to your point east versus west and um yeah i just i don't think they really had to work their way in there like they would have this year so i think it's a great move i think marty saint louis did it right had a great outstanding nhl career did absolutely nothing but spend time with family, enjoy family and get family to a point where you know he was kind of ready to let the kids, you know, out of the nest, if you will. Um you know he coached his his kid and wanted to really try to help his kids growth and you know that's I think that's tremendous. So again, kudos to Marty St. Louis for you know getting that position but also doing it right you know taking your career and then going right into family and then you know following back to your passion it's so good good on him i wish him the best
0: and uh in other NHL news uh Marchand appealed his suspension but they upheld it the six game suspension so
1: how can you not yeah, well, the guy's an idiot. You slash a goalie in the face, you, you sucker punch him. I'm not sure you know, why it
0: was even an that the NHLPA filed on his behalf, but I'm not sure why they would.
1: I mean, if, he, if, he, if Marchand, like, I'm sure he's not the brightest guy in the world. He's a great hockey player, tremendous hockey player, actually will be a Hall of Fame hockey player. And hats off to, to Marchand for... You know, if and when he gets into the Hall of Fame. But his antics suck. He's a poor role model. But, you you know, I just... But, I mean, he's got a history. His history follows him. And if he's not smart enough to know that anything he does like that is going to... You know, his history precedes him. So that was just stupid.
0: And, of course, I mean, he, he says this after the fact, but he, he he said, and I quote, yeah, was it stupid? Of course it was stupid. I'm not denying that. I absolutely should not have done it.
1: <laughs> I, I like the honesty. Well, I mean... I like it.
0: think about it now, I mean...
1: It was you, stupid. You
0: can't do that in the heat of the moment.
1: And I they're... And that was stupid on his part because they're in a wild card race. Like they're, yes, they've got a few games up on Detroit. They've got a few points up on Detroit. Not many. They're, Not many.
0: Uh, at the present time, they're only six, six. points ahead of them. Yeah, so, but
1: they've got more. They've got three games on hand.
0: And they have uh, four more wins, so that that's in their their their. Uh, but
1: I'm going to say this. Marshan not being in has not been helping their case. So go ahead and play like an idiot. And, Get and, suspended and, because it only helps uh, to try to sneak into a wild card, which they're not going to make it. But it's. Oh, you're always pushing as a fan.
0: Not only that, uh, they're, they're one of the top, their top uh, scorer uh, Burger runs with an injury as well. Yep. Yeah. Um, How about Vegas? Uh, Ico comes in and they lose two in a row. Yeah, he did get a first. He got his first point with them, but I think the chemistry. I don't know if we want to dive into the Vegas situation uh, in this episode or not. But I think the chemistry is getting a little up, up, uh, upset. they did have to they
1: ended up uh, they put Mark Stone on IR right Stone on IR which was uh,
0: one of the uh, uh, Tampa Bay moves they're pulling a Tampa Bay
1: yeah they're going to pull the Tampa Bay because you know what what's good for the goose is good for the gander and I think this is something you're going to see a lot here you know I just think you're going to see this more often than not with teams that are trying to stack their team they can they, use this rule in their favor so yeah absolutely they're going to put them on ir and bring them back in the playoffs
0: another hot topic maybe for another time but uh how about uh, getting rid of the you know because there's no obviously no cap in in the playoffs well, how about uh getting rid of that and, and enforcing the cap so teams can't do that
1: yeah i say keep it steady all year long the cap is the cap Playoffs, Stanley Cup doesn't matter. Preseason, I don't care. The cap is the cap.
0: So I think that should wrap up uh, the NHL news. Um, if there's anything else uh, going on? Um, the Coyotes saga, Arena nope. saga. I think that's pretty much died down. So I guess we can head into um, kind of got out of order here, but uh, how about so, that's right. uh, dealing in with uh, some of the wings prospects?
1: Yeah, you know, one I want to talk about is uh, Joe Valeno. He just got sent back down to uh, Grand Rapids, and that's surely just a uh, you know a position shakeup for Jacob Vrana, who's going to be coming back in the lineup has nothing to do with with his play, has nothing to do with him staying in the organization. I think he's come up and really shown that he's growing into the role of the NHL player. So, you know, he played quite a few games up with with the Red Wings, um, you know, scored a few good goals, had some good assists, started throwing his body around recently, uh, but he just needs to keep developing. So... You know, if if you look back at Joe Valeno when he first started with Grand Rapids, you know, it took him a couple of seasons to really acclimate and get up to speed to where he was really producing and really being a, you know, a standout player. And I think you're going to have the same type of result with him in the NHL. Give him a couple of seasons, I I think it, you know, he's really going to make it or break it here in the next season or two. But I really think that he's going to prove to be a really good, solid, probably a third liner. But I think that's a guy who is going to, he, and he's young. So, again, kind of on that youth movement, you know, he's going to be a good, strong, young third liner for the Red Wings in the future. Um, but again, you have Jacob Vrana coming back, and that's the only reason for him moving back down and I think he'll get more action playing in Grand Rapids right now so that's uh, you know that's my you know Red Wings uh, youth of the nation there how about the Preds what do you guys have who who are you looking at for uh, Nashville Um,
0: well I gotta start with uh, Askarov the goaltender he's currently playing in the KHL uh I think he's still quite a few years away from even making maybe even an AHL. Well,
1: that's if we don't blow him off the map first.
0: But um, as far as uh, players uh, that I would like to see uh, a lot quicker, uh, Igor Fenashev, he's also playing the KHL. I think they. I think they should put him in the AHL, just so he can get accustomed to the North American style. Yep. I don't it's know.
1: hard though. I've I've, I've read it's that it's, it's hard, hard for players league, to leave the KHL.
0: Which, I, I'm wondering if it's because of his uh, his uh, language barrier. He's, maybe he's still uh, learned, uh You know, throw him into. Situation in Milwaukee, uh, and and he's not accustomed to language, so uh, I'm just wondering if they're working on that. Um, but as far as um, uh, the Milwaukee um, Admirals currently, Daniel Carr, he's actually leading. He's leading the Milwaukee Admirals, and. Points with uh, 50 and 47 games, and uh, Carl Schneider is right behind him with 46. So those, as far as players that I'd like to see immediately, especially now with the Preds' four-game losing streak, I know they got they probably can't call them up because uh, there's no room in the roster. But maybe, maybe you, maybe you have a, a healthy scratch on a couple of these players that aren't really doing much and call up Cole Schneider or Dana for a game or two. See what they got. Um, I know the Preds are still in, in a playoff race. Um, they have dropped into the wildcard position. They were in a, in second and third in the division. Yeah. Um, they were actually just, just a week ago they were sitting in second and now they're the number one wild card and they're only three points ahead of Los Angeles um, so the Preds need to get they they need to get things situated in a hurry uh, and get back on the winning ways or else they're going to find themselves on the outside looking in
1: yeah that's uh That's not a good position to be in.
0: And as far as uh, that leads me into the next game, uh, the Preds have to play in Florida. It doesn't doesn't get any easier for them, as Florida is leading the the Atlantic Division with seventy three points. And then uh, then they got another big game coming up at home against the Stars, which is. uh, uh jersey retirement, and then uh, the same Series with Tampa Bay. So they got, they got three, uh, three big games, three hard games coming up, and they're on a four-game losing streak. Uh, so um, maybe the Wings are in a better shot than the Predators right now.
1: Uh, well, no, no, we we're not. We have the Predators at er, the Predators. We have the Avalanche at home. Um, I'm the 23rd here, and that's I mean that's all I need to say. We're we're playing Colorado, so Nazem Kadri, he's having a, a career year. He's at 62 points already. Um, you know, of course you've got Nathan McKinnon. I mean, the, the team is just stacked. They've got, you know, they've got guys looking to play for them. They're fast. They're big. So that's good. Yeah, it's just going to be a, a really tough game for Detroit. Um, I think it's going to be a true test of their their will. I think if that's a, you know, never give up a fight in this game. Like, fight the whole game no matter what the score is. You know, don't act down. Don't get sloppy. You know, you play hard. Show who you are and just grow and develop and learn. That's pretty much what you're going to do against a team like Colorado. But, yeah, we got to – we got to – couple of good games here for our teams coming up here so take it away oh, that, about,
0: that about wraps up this uh show let's uh, look to uh, the next episode as um we'll we'll have um some more news and uh game recaps and and a hot topic issue of something coming up and, and maybe i'll we'll make fun of
1: dan a little bit more
0: oh i know that's already at least <laughs> once twice and then uh and then we'll previews uh more games coming up so that about does it all right good night <laughs>